Well, aloha and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School, live every Sunday from Maui, Hawaii. Uh, I'm Michael Benner, happy to be with you on this Memorial Day weekend. Today is May 30th of the year 2010, and um, for many folks, I guess, they think of the Memorial Day weekend as being the very first weekend of summer. Lots of young people getting out of school in the next week or so, and um, I'm happy you found the time to be with us today, whether live or by podcast or streaming audio. The podcast stream can be picked up at the iTunes store or any of the major podcast directories online, such as podfeed.net, Podcast Pickle, uh, Podcast Alley is another good one. And uh, by the way, leave a comment and a rating on this program if you do pick up your podcast, either streaming or via subscription, podcast subscription. It's all free, of course, at any of those locations. And uh, if you use an iTunes, that's probably the best place to pick it up, the iTunes store. But we value the comments. Appreciate that if you leave a comment. And uh, rate the program. Tell people what you like about it and why you're listening to it. Um, uh, The stream is also available at theagelesswisdom.com under web teleconference. That's the w's.theagelesswisdom.com. And then uh, click homepage to go inside and then select web teleconference. You'll see the archives for the uh, all the past programs. There's about 125 of these mystery school programs in there. Today we're going to... Uh, push through our FLY program. This is a personal development training called Feeling Like Yourself. FLY, Learn to Fly. And uh, again, we're four sessions in, so today we're going to do five. Next week we'll do the final chapter six of these core trainings in um, personal and spiritual development and using both meditation and self-hypnosis. Meditative hypnosis is a term I coined years ago. I'm sure I'm not the only person to have used it, but I had a school in Los Angeles for a few years before moving to Hawaii, and I was training people as career counselors in the ageless wisdom tradition using a combination of methods from both hypnosis and hypnotherapy, uh, teaching clients self-hypnosis as well, and combining that with meditation and contemplation skills. We call it meditative hypnosis. And uh, even today, if you were to type that into Google, uh, you'd end up at the Ageless Wisdom site. And So this is the core training. That was a 160-classroom-hour training, and at the heart of it were these six sessions. Now, there are many other techniques, but these are the core techniques. I boiled it down to the simplest uh, that I possibly could. So if you're a student, you can use this as a beginning place to study more about meditation and its 
many forms and disciplines and self-hypnosis and other altered states and trance-like states. Uh, if you're a facilitator already of these kinds of seminars, personal development seminars, or perhaps you're a body worker or a psychotherapist, a, a hypnotherapist, a, a social worker that does a marriage, family, and child counseling, you'll find these techniques, I'm sure, to be real valuable, too. The first technique that we did, and you'll find this archived again, was a few weeks ago, the self-love technique. That's where it all begins. The following week, we did number two, which was healing the inner child. This is about going back into childhood. Um, we like to say it's never too late to have a happy childhood. Uh, coming in touch with some of the really damaging memories and the false assumptions that we made back then and understanding them from the mind of an adult. That integration, that um, sometimes I call it a rescue of the inner child, uh, if applied and reapplied a half a dozen times, can often create remarkable changes in your life. In session three, we talked about the language of emotional feelings. What about your current feelings, the feelings you're feeling right now? What do they say about you? Okay, And just to make the first step, to know that your feelings are evoked from you more than being done to you, that's an enormous leap in personal growth. To give up the helplessness and, and victimization of believing an emotional feeling is done to you. And although there's a certain truth to that, if you go no farther with it, you're going to fail to miss the the eighty percent of the impact, which is you know in the eighty twenty of it all, uh, maybe twenty percent is about what's done to you. Eighty percent is how you view it and what you do with it. Now, this is hard for a lot of people to get. Uh, I'm saying life is a two way street. It's done to you, but then you can be conscious enough and alert, awake and aware enough to choose the best response to it and even an attitude or a point of view. You can't control what's done to you, but you can control perception and response. And to know that essentially the feeling is evoked from you and is more about you than any stimulus that may have caused it major breakthrough. That's lesson three. Then we talked about problem solving and decision making, and last week we did session four of the six-part FLY program, and uh, we call that problem solving. That's for the type of problem they rarely tell you about in school, where you already know the solution, but you're having a problem with the how to get there or get it or make it happen. I know what I want. My problem is I don't have enough money, or I don't know uh, the right people. I don't know the forms to fill out. Uh, hell, I'd be my only, I'd be my own attorney if I knew what I was doing. <laughs> I just don't know how to do it. Um, in school, we're generally taught that if we know the solution to a problem, it's no longer a problem. In the real world, however, there are many problems where you know the solution. The frustrating thing is 
I, I can't quite get it or get there or make it happen. Well, we gave you two techniques to deal with that, positive thinking, uh, positive mental attitude, PMA techniques. We talked about the law of attraction. We talked about the importance of uh, repetition along with positive thinking and, of course, taking action steps as well. You can review that class at your leisure. Today is decision-making, the other kind of problem, really the only other kind of problem in the simple paradigm we've created, two kinds of problems. Either you know what you want but don't know how to get it, we just described that, or our topic for the day today, what if you don't know what you want? What if the goal or the solution, the desired result or the the outcome you'd like to see eludes you, escapes you? Maybe there's several out there and they all look pretty good. Or maybe none of them look very good and you don't know what you want. That's what we're going to talk about today. We'll take your questions and comments live. Uh, It's Memorial Day weekend, so I don't know exactly how many folks we're going to have here today, but if you are with us live, you're welcome in a few minutes as I finish the basic presentation, maybe 30 or 40 minutes, uh, to leave a question or a comment. You can do that at any time in the text box. Uh, It's right on the web screen in front of you down on the lower left. If you don't see it, click on the control panel in the upper left, ask a question, and you'll see that text box open and close when you click on ask a question. Put your comment or your question in there. Leave a name and a city so we know who and where you are, and we'll go to those in just a, a, a little while. And likewise, if you're on the telephone and you have a question or a comment you'd like to make, we can unmute the callers one at a time. So once you're online uh, and have entered the conference ID, you're all hooked up. If you want to uh, uh, signal me that you have a question or a comment, star two on the telephone touchpad will do that. Okay, The asterisk and the two on the telephone touchpad if you're on the phone. Remember, the web feed is delayed about 15 or 20 seconds. If you listen to the web, it won't matter. How would you know? But if you pick up the phone and call, you're going to hear <laughs> you're going to hear that delay. Don't let it confuse you. Okay. All right. So we're working in these last uh, the last week and again today on this premise that. Uh, a very simple approach and basic approach to solving problems is to divide problems into two basic categories based on whether you know the goal or the solution, the uh, result or the desired outcome that you'd like to see. If uh, you do know what you want, but you're not sure what to do to get it, then review Lesson number four, the one we did last week, number four in the fly training. By the way, about a year and a half ago, I did this whole six-part training as well. So if you like this and value it, go back about 18 months in the archives at theagelesswisdom.com, and you'll see we did these six back then, too. And uh, I'm sure I...
this time or said it differently last time, there'll be more you can get. So, again, especially if you're a, um, a counselor, a therapist in practice, and you want to bear down on these techniques and really learn these techniques, these skills, and um, use them in your practice, check out the um, previous set from about 18 months ago as well. So, again, session four, which we did last week, was the problem-solving for this first kind of problem. Oh, I've got a solution in mind. I know the goal or the result I want. My problem is how do I get there? And there's two techniques, a listing technique called the It Works book. You can buy this book for about $350. A friend of mine told me after last week's program that there's even an iPhone app Tony said they, he did a little research and found that an iPhone app for the It Works book. Uh, you know, most apps are a, a 99 or a dollar 99. I think he said this was a dollar 99, and uh, the It Works book is on there. And your ability to make lists—you can put your list right on your phone and read the list three times a day—and and that's a pretty clever idea. The little booklet itself is about three and a half bucks, and you can order it from Amazon or just about any metaphysical bookstore. Uh, it's by the author who uses the initials RHJ, just the initials RHJ. It's called It Works, and it's published by DeVores out of Marina Del Rey. Read that book. You can read it in 20 minutes. Read it three times, and then sit down and make the list of the things that you want. Then reading that list, carrying the list around with you, goes a long way toward canceling out the impact of negativity, your doubts and your worries and your fears and your wondering. All of that's the equivalent of going to your garden and very carefully planting deliberately weeds. Your negative thoughts are seeds also, and they grow. So they need to be cultivated every once in a while to Three times a day, you reorganize your brain and say, oh, yeah, this is what I want, and this is what I'm trying to avoid. But your attention has to dwell on the positive, on what you want, as you weed out what it is that you don't want and therefore are paying less and less and less attention to. Okay, The allegory of the seed is a strong one. You do indeed reap what you sow and only what you sow. All right? And uh, then the other technique we called the mirror of the mind, and this is core hypnotherapy. Meditators, pay attention to this because it is the law of attraction. It is core hypnosis and self-hypnosis. It is visualizing the desired outcome as if you've already got it. And this, again, is like, setting specific goals that allow you to move toward what you do want and then aim, 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 aim. It's ready, aim, fire, aim, aim, aim as you move toward the particular goal or solution that you're looking for. Um, again, you you set a goal and you move toward your solutions primarily as a, a direction, not a fixed destination because as you approach the aim 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 part i'm talking about 
as you make an approach, you're going to know more information. Gathering that information as you get closer, you're going to then perhaps modify your goal, peek it and tweak it and recalibrate a little bit as you move closer and closer. The important first step is to replace moving away from what you don't want with moving toward what you do want. It's real important to recognize that avoiding what you do not want is not a goal. There are no goals in always avoiding what you don't want. And yet that's living for most people. Their whole life is avoiding or trying to avoid what they don't want. But of course, the more you put your attention on what you do not want, the more likely you are to manifest it. That's how the mind works. Remember we said last week, don't think of a rainbow. There it popped right into your head. You know, Don't think of a zebra. You can't not think of something. Well, <laughs> so our thinking has to be about what we do want. Um, there's time for negative thinking. A positive thinker will always look at the worst-case scenario, plan for it, know that if I can handle the worst, I can handle anything short of that. And uh, so then you move on having done your due diligence quickly and effectively so that you are reasonable, you can look at the negative, you just don't dwell on it because you understand the power of the mind to attract whatever it tends to focus its attention on. So once we look at the worst-case scenario, I call this process worry once, we then focus our attention on what we do want. Through the visualization exercise I just mentioned, the mirror of the mind, and also with the first technique found in the It Works book by R.H.J. All right. Today, lesson five is the other kind of problem. This is decision making. This is, hey, what if I don't know what I want? What if it's clear to me that I have no idea at all? what would be a satisfying goal or what would solve this problem or what results or outcome would make me happy and content. I may not have the foggiest idea. None of these uh, ideas that I'm looking at, these potential possible goals or solutions look right to me. Or maybe you have multiple goals that all look right and you're not sure, gee, I want to buy a new car, and all four of these look nice. I like the Honda, I like Accord, uh, the Toyota's got a model I like. I'm looking at this Chevy and this Ford, and and uh, or, or I like the red one and the green one and the blue one, but I don't know which, which of those I really want to. Any problem, big or small, that falls into the category of I, I don't know the goal or solution, well, how could you proceed then if the way to get it is to write it down and read it again and again to keep yourself oriented toward the positive or to visualize it in mirror of the mind if you've, as, it, as if you've already got it? You might say, well, I want to put it on my list or I want to see it in the mirror of the mind as if I already had it and I realize I don't know what I want or maybe I sort of know uh, maybe I'm falling in the middle someplace. I have a vague 
or hazy idea of the goal. But no, I don't really know what I want. Let me say that there is a middle position, which is what I'm describing now, which is I sort of know what I want. I know a little, <laughs> I know a little bit about what I want. And now which technique do I use? If you think that you know enough about what you want um, to name it, to describe it, it never hurts to try the It Works book technique, the mirror of the mind technique from lesson four, the problem solving. Um, Because when you go to write it down on the list or to see it in in the mirror of the mind, it'll be obvious to you if you don't have enough information. And then your fallback position, this is the decision-making we're going to talk about today, um, is the same as it would be if you were clearly unaware of a desired goal. All right. So if you think you're somewhere in the middle, well, go ahead and, and try the problem-solving. You know, Try the at works book. Try the positive thinking, the mirror of the mind. But if you get a feeling that this is too vague, I can't commit to it when it's this vague. It needs to be detailed and specific and and inspiring. So I guess I'll drop back to the the more fundamental technique. What if I have no idea at all what I want? That's what we'll talk about today. And in fact, there are three techniques that go along with this kind of problem. Two of them have to do with sleep and dreams. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about sleep and dreams and a go-to-sleep technique that is sort of a a bonus technique here that you can use for any number of reasons that will be obvious to you as I describe the technique. And it includes remembering and understanding your dreams. Now, Once you learn to remember and understand your dreams, it's rather easy to then begin to program or incubate your dreams to contain information to help you solve problems. If if you don't have any skill at remembering on a regular basis, your routine, your spontaneous dreams, everybody dreams every night, you know, about every 90 minutes or so, you have a five or six minute dream cycle. And even people who insist that they never dream are nevertheless dreaming, having a dream or two every, again, a dream period every 90 minutes or so. It's just they may not remember their dreams. Okay, people with short-term memory problems are going to have a problem with that, um, most likely. But once you develop the ability to remember a spontaneous dream, you can actually incubate dreams, make suggestions to yourself as you go to sleep that you're going to have a dream that will help solve a problem that you have in mind. And you'll remember and understand that dream when you wake up in the morning. And we'll talk a little bit about dream journals. Okay. So this is going to be part of, uh, a big part of the, uh, well, two of the three techniques you're going to learn today for decision-making. When you don't know what you want, you do not have a goal or a solution or an outcome in mind. Dreaming one up, 
is one of the techniques you're going to learn today. A variation on that is called the glass of water technique. This is an old hypnosis technique from a few hundred years ago where the glass of water represents the solution, if you will, a little play on words. And uh, this can be a very effective technique, too, using sleep and dreams. But in this case, you don't even have to remember the dream. And then uh, we're also going to talk then about a spirit guide technique, something called the spirit guide technique. And those three together, dream incubation, the glass of water technique, and the spirit guide technique, will be three that I'm offering you for decision-making for this other kind of problem where I have no idea what I want or or very vague, (laughs) vague, hazy notion of the goal or solution I'm looking for. Hold on a sec here. Okay, let's talk about sleep and dreams. Um, Dreams are such an imperative that it may be the fundamental reason we sleep. Now, certainly we need to rest, and the body needs to recover and uh, rejuvenate. Uh, All animals do this. Even many plants have a daily cycle of of rest. Uh, In some ways, it's opposite ours. Uh, Plants really are resting and absorbing in the daytime, and then at night uh, is when many plants do most of their growing. But um, there are nocturnal animals and daytime animals and nocturnal human beings who only come out at night too. But we all have these rust cycles. And for human beings, it's supposed to be about eight or ten hours that we lay down and go unconscious, become unconscious. And part of that unconsciousness includes sleep, Uh, sleep and dreams. That's what I mean to say. And that whole process is called sleep. Uh, Everybody dreams. Again, I don't know of any research that indicates that any individual has ever been discovered who does not dream. Many people do not remember their dreams. Uh, Dream cycles vary. Basically, it's About every 90 to 100 minutes, you have a dream period, as I was saying a few moments ago, of five to six minutes. That could be one dream or many. Uh, Time is easily distorted in in a dream-like level. And then throughout the night, the period between the dreams gets a little bit shorter, and the dream period itself a little bit longer, not a whole lot, but a little bit as you approach morning. And then the dreams you're most likely to remember are the dreams that you have as you begin to wake up in the morning, those twilight dreams. And and those are the easiest to go back into uh, if it were not for the damned alarm clock. Now, I'd like to teach you a way to go to sleep so that you can wake up without an alarm clock at any time you want. Uh, It's quite an amazing little technique. Um, It's in addition to the decision-making techniques we're going to talk about today. It's simply called setting the mental alarm. And 
it's surprising how accurate your internal biological clocks can be, especially if you calibrate it each night when you go to sleep. What do I mean by that? Well, it's very simple. When you jump into bed, you look at the clock. It might be your clock radio or a clock on the wall or your wristwatch, but you check out what time it is. You close your eyes and visualize inside your mind's eye, using your imagination, a clock that is set to the same time as the clock you were just looking at. This is your internal clock, and you're now calibrating it and saying whatever time it is. Let's say you go to bed at 17 minutes after midnight. All right, you close your eyes, you visualize a clock that says 17 minutes after 12, and it's running. You can see a second hand going around as well. You don't have to focus on that for a long time. You don't have to repeat anything or chant anything. Your subconscious mind is the source of your brilliance. It's paying attention. So all you have to do is tell yourself, this is what time it is, right? Then bring to mind what time it is you'd like to wake up. For many people, that's the same time every day. It could be a different time every day. With this technique, it doesn't really matter. So let's say tomorrow morning you want to get up at um, 7.30 in the morning. And it's now 12.17. Well, by now it's probably 12.18, almost 12.19. And with your eyes closed, without moving at all physically, you just imagine yourself reaching out and moving the minute hand of that imaginary clock in your mind's eye around and around and around, and the hour hand will follow. Around 3 in the morning, 4, 4.35, here comes 6, 6.30, 7, slow down, 7.15, 7.30. You've set the clock to read 7.30. In your mind's eye, your imaginary clock, then you reach around and pull the pin in back to set it, and then you simply say to yourself, I'm going to wake up at 7.30 in the morning, right? Part two, this is a little three-step go-to-sleep go to technique, and I will remember and understand one of my dreams, right? That's all you do. Uh, I like to add a, a third element, actually, which is psyching up for the next day. Um, it's not essential. It's uh, easy to forget to do, but I think it matters if you go to bed looking forward to the next day. Something like, uh, oh boy, I'm looking forward to uh, breakfast tomorrow, or I love the smell of coffee in the morning, or uh, I really look forward to that warm shower on a cold morning. Boy, I'm going to pop out of bed wide awake and jump in the shower and plug in the coffee pot. And Oh, I think I'll wear that new shirt today to work or that new outfit I bought. 
and let's see, we got that meeting at 10, and oh, uh, lunch with Joe, and then uh, that other, I got that appointment at 3, and within literally 60 seconds or less, you can review your whole day in your mind, you know, how quickly you can do that, and just see everything going perfectly and smoothly, everything going exactly you don't have to give any thought as to how. Just be positive, psyching up for the next day. All right. So your three-step technique as you get into bed would be start with the psyching up for the next day, how excited you're going to be. Then tell yourself that you're going to wake up, set the mental alarm clock. I'm going to wake up at 7.30 or no, today I want to wake up at 10 minutes after 7, and, and the day after that at uh, 7.45. You can change it every day. It's remarkable how accurate this is. And then you add to that, and when I wake up at such and such a time, I will remember and understand one of my dreams. Right. You could have five dreams during the night. You could have 25 dreams during the night. You just want to practice remembering and understanding one of those dreams. All right. So get into bed. You're already tired. You don't have to meditate or get into any kind of self-hypnosis level because you're already tired and you're in bed, right, and you're relaxed and you're sleepy and so you think about the next day and how much fun it's going to be. Psych up for the next day. Look at the clock, see what time it is. Set that mental alarm in your head. Turn those hands forward all the way to whatever. To, oh, today I want to get up at 6.20. Okay, put it right there. And when I wake up at 6.20 in the morning, I'll remember and understand one of my dreams. And lo and behold, you wake up at exactly the time. You, I mean, it's amazing. It's just amazing. you got to do this. You'll freak out at how accurate it is and begin to consider just how powerful you are. I've been doing this for 40 years. But you'll also remember one of your dreams. So be sure you have a little notepad and a, and a pen on the table next to you because you want to jot down that dream or you know recount the whole thing or maybe if you have just a little dream fragment just write the fragment down whatever part of the dream you do remember and don't worry about interpretation or symbolism or metaphor just write it down and then go about your business and then every couple of weeks sit down and flip through the dream journal and that's when it'll start making sense in the context of several weeks of dreams. That's when you'll start to put it together and understand the symbols and what the dreams are reflecting in your life. Uh, dream interpretation really is a high road to the subconscious mind, to the creative genius and, and the intuitive uh, powers of the subconscious mind this is really powerful stuff. So I highly, I highly recommend it. But what you've also created now, in addition to a program 
that you say to yourself, a meta program, a mind program that you install, that you boot up as you go as you go to sleep, you're also going to wake up naturally and normally as you would on a weekend or a holiday when you don't have to set an alarm. You're going to wake up naturally and normally whether you allowed yourself four hours of sleep or one and a half hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep or whatever is the interval, you set that when you went to sleep. You said, this is what time I want to wake up. So you wake up naturally without having to set a mechanical or an electrical alarm that could go off when you're in deep stages of sleep. And that can be very stressful and very disorienting and disrupt the dream state, make it very unlikely for you to remember any of your dreams. But when you program yourself to wake up naturally with this kind of mental technique, you wake up gently, you're very likely, much more likely, a hundred times more likely to remember the dream you're having at that point or the dream that you just completed, uh, the subconscious mind sort of organizes itself so that you have dreams just as you're waking up. You come up from the deepest sleep through theta brainwave levels where you they have the hypnagogic imagery in most of our dreams into alpha, which is where you begin to wake up. And then by the time you get the coffee pot plugged in and you get in the shower and all, you're in beta. And most people on their way to high stress, worry, and doubt. But not you, because you psyched up for the day and you're excited and looking forward to it. So there's a valuable little side benefit, those three techniques. And uh, the, the part you're going to change then for the decision-making, the kind of problem where I don't know what I want, is this little uh, dream. Uh, instead of saying when you program a dream that you'll remember and understand one of your dreams when you wake up in the morning, you say you still psych up for the next day, you still set the mental alarm clock, you still wake up naturally, but the instruction, the program, the suggestion that you tell yourself as you go to sleep is I'll remember and understand the dream that'll contain information to help me solve the problem I have in mind. Okay? Instead of just I'll wake up and remember one of my dreams, which is great practice for this, now you got a problem. Your problem is I don't know what I want. I don't have a goal or a, or a result to move toward. Let's dream one up. I'll just take that technique and instead of saying, and I'll remember one of my dreams, I'm going to say, and I'll remember a dream that will contain information to help me solve this problem I have in mind. All right? That makes sense. And, again, quite remarkable uh, what happens for you. Now, that's the first of the three techniques for for making a decision, solving the kind of problem where you do not know what you want. Program a dream. Incubate a dream. Dream it up. You're already practicing remembering spontaneous dreams 
Now you're going to program something specific. Always fall asleep with a smile on your face and always think positively when you're in bed. Most insomnia simply comes from laying in bed and worrying, thinking about negative stuff. You can change your mind. You have the willpower and the free will to dream about positive stuff if you want. You spent the whole day thinking negatively. How about now that you pop in bed, put a smile on your face and uh, think positive thoughts, sweet dreams. All right. Then all night long, the subconscious can help create those outcomes for you. The second technique for this uh, decision-making, Lesson 6, is called glass of water technique, and it's very similar to the dream programming, except you don't really have to remember the outcome of the dream. Okay? And uh, what this is about is simply suggesting to yourself um, as you go to sleep that you'll, well, first of all, I'm leaving out the most important part. You have to take a glass of water. It's called the glass of water technique, right? You have to take a glass of water to bed with you. So you sit on the edge of the bed. You drink half of the glass of water while saying to yourself, in the morning when I wake up, I'll finish this glass of water. And information to help me solve the problem I have in mind will occur to me then. All right. The water represents your solution. It's a little play on words. Then, when you wake up in the morning, you can still do the mental alarm and psych up for the next day and program your dreams, or just suggest you'll remember a spontaneous dream. But then when you wake up in the morning, you see half of the glass is still there, and then you remember. And you sit up in bed and clear your mind bringing to mind only the question, and then finish the glass of water, and the answer that you're looking for will pop into your head. Or maybe uh, a bunch of information. could be a whole realization. And it might come in gently, or it might come in with the force of thunder and lightning. But it's a powerful little technique. And uh, an alternative for those who find it difficult for whatever reason to remember their dreams. All right. So a full glass of water, take it into bed with you. Drink half, telling yourself, as you do, that when I wake up in the morning, I'll finish this water and information to help me solve this problem, to know what I want. Right. This is not about what to do to get it. This is just about the goal. What do I want? Right, that information will occur to me when I wake up in the morning and finish the water. Tell yourself that. Go to sleep with a smile on your face, off to dreamland, and you wake up in the morning, maybe remember a dream, write it down, and, oh, look, the glass of water, I wonder what happened with that. Sit up in bed, drink that half a glass of water, right, and... Do it with an open mind and see what occurs to you. It may be an idea you have all along. Good, now it's confirmed. It may come to you as a flash from nowhere, just a sudden insight. But look for the confirmation rush. 
uh, expect the feeling of aha, eureka illumination uh, that says that's it. That's it. That's exactly it. I know it. I know it. That I know it. It just <laughs> that's so it, right? Okay. There's two, and then the third technique, which we'll practice today, and when we do our, we're going to do some Q and A in a minute here, and then we'll do this third technique, which is a meditation technique that you do, and you do not have to do this only before bed. This is a meditation you can do like any meditation, whatever it fits into your schedule. And it's called the spirit guide technique. And it's essentially pulling on your higher self, your over soul, or allowing for other people's belief systems. It could be uh, a spirit guide or even uh, a guardian angel. Uh, Catholics have a strong belief system in angels and particularly guardian angels and saints and others that uh, can be prayed to and appealed to. And if that's part of your belief system, then the idea of a spirit guide is all-inclusive. Again, that could be your saint. Uh, It could be, uh, you know, uh, some ascended master Uh, It could be Jesus or the Father aspect of God, uh, or it could be your own oversoul that you're uh, praying to or standing receptive to is really a a better way of saying this. Uh, It's a contemplation. It's a a meditation, an open, receptive state where you carry on a, uh, a mental dialogue with this character that represents your your higher self, your better nature, your better angels, sometimes people say. And again, speaks to you through inspiration, uh, almost revelation, uh, certainly intuition, and uh, when we sit receptively. And so we'll talk about the spirit guide technique uh, in a few minutes, how to do that technique. And so you'll have three choices. You'll have uh, programming a dream, incubating a dream to contain information to help you realize what you want. You can do something similar with dreams and sleep called the glass of water technique. Or you can consult your spirit guide in a meditation, a kind of an inner dialogue with your higher self, which we'll demonstrate here in just a few minutes. And again, we're calling last week session or lesson number four for problem solving. That's if I do know what I want, but my problem is how do I get it? And you have two techniques there. The It Works book, which is just a list of what I want that I read three times a day. The counterbalance and cancel out the negativity, uh, the worry from your daily life and affairs. And also the mirror of the mind technique, which we talked about and practiced last week, seeing yourself as if you already have that desired outcome, giving little thought as to what it would take to get there, just acting as if you've already got it. Then when you open your eyes after the meditation and you go about your life, there will be plenty of time to figure out 
how to get there, what step to take next. Okay. So with this paradigm, there's really only two problems. I know what I want, but I don't know how to get it. We've given you two approaches to that. It works both in mirror the mind. The only other problem could be, hey, I don't even know what I want. We're giving you today three techniques for that. The dream programming, the glass of water, and the spirit guide technique that I'll share with you in just a few minutes on the other side of the question. Okay? So I'm looking at the telephones. If you uh, have a question that you'd like to ask or a comment that you'd like to make by phone, press star 2, and that will raise your hand and indicate to me uh, actually, it enables me to unmute you. Um, let's see. Let's go to the other Q&A, the text Q&A. See what folks have to say. Again, uh, wishing you all a happy Memorial Day. I know it's a holiday weekend for a lot of you. Uh, Haley in Glendale says, I have a tendency to become impatient when things are not happening quickly enough to make my goal a reality. Uh, how can I practice patience? Or what can I be doing when I'm told there's nothing to do but sit and wait? Well, the alternative to sitting and waiting is to practice having what you already have, acting as if it's a done deal, um, preparing to receive really, your desired outcome. Um, I, I'll go to the extreme example with you here. I took a seminar uh, many, many years ago, right out of college, so 35 years ago or so, from a woman who claimed that with positive thinking you could greatly increase your odds at winning contests. And she said the way, the secret to it is a quality of positive thinking that that most people uh, would find risky. So she told the story of entering this contest where the grand prize was a new house. And the if you won, uh, this construction company would build a house for you, but you had to have the lot. You had to have the property to build it on. So she entered the contest, I don't know what it was, if it was a simple drawing or a raffle or she had to write an essay or submit a paper or something, I don't remember. She did whatever she needed to do to enter the contest, but she also went out and bought a lot. She bought some property to put the house on, right? So that's an, ex <laughs> that's an extreme example, but better than sitting and waiting is a quality of anticipation and planning where you're actually taking action steps to prepare to receive what it is you want to receive. So you say, well, you know, I know this is going to happen, and when it does, I'm going to need this. Well, then go get that now, whatever it is, a new outfit, you know, a new pair of shoes, or, or uh, well, I'm going to need... Um, a cover letter and a resume if I get that job interview. Well, good. Uh, polish your resume and, and rewrite that cover letter. Take whatever action steps uh, 
can be taken that are positive affirmations of this goal or solution coming into manifestation so that you feel yourself moving toward and actually making progress every day. And then you continue the technique. You either read your list three times a day or you do the mirror of the mind technique at least once a day where you spend 10 or 15 minutes visualizing yourself already having this uh, this job, this career opportunity, this relationship, uh, this um, to be this organized in your life, to have this spare time activity or this hobby or this interest or or um, you know to get this group of people together for whatever reason to, to create a band or to be politically active or to feed hungry people or whatever uh, visualize your goals and your solutions and act as if they're already in place here's the way I think of it or here's a way to think of it imagine you ordered something from UPS or FedEx you know how reliable they are, and it's on its way. You could even get on the computer and track it, right? You know it's on its way. Um, it's not here yet, but you know it's coming, and so you're making plans to receive it. I'll, I'll probably get it in the mail today or tomorrow. It's coming UPS or FedEx. Uh, I think I'll get on the computer and track it, but I know it's coming. It'll be here. So... Based on that, I'm going ahead and taking these actions, right? I, I ordered the new sofa. It's not here yet, but I'm going to move the furniture around so that when they deliver it, it'll, it'll already have a place I can plug it right in. That kind of attitude in life, right, even if it feels a little bit risky, affirms and confirms and helps to reinforce those goals. I think that's a lot better than, as you say, just sitting around. In La Habra, Carol Postel is with us, and hello, Carol, nice to see you there. She says, uh, happy holiday weekend. Lorelei in Tucson, aloha, Michael. Let's remember on Memorial Day what we fought for, our freedom to think and do what we want. Peace and love to you and Doreen. Thank you, Lorelei. Appreciate that. And uh, check in the phones real quick before we... Uh, before we do our exercise, I don't see any hands raised, so we're all good. By the way, I want to remind you, before we go into this alpha process, it just occurs to me so to tell you, so I'm going to tell you now while I'm thinking about it. Several of us are meeting every Thursday on a video conference uh, discussion group and having a lot of fun with it. It's uh, not as big as this. There's not nearly as many people that join us. In fact, we've had any, I think we average probably 6 to 12 people at any given time, and people come and go. Uh, all you really need is a camera, a webcam. Most everybody has a webcam at this point. If not, you can buy one for 30 bucks. Um I'm up to, you can spend more. They have webcams that zoom and pan and tilt and that you can operate remotely. Many laptops and desktops have webcams built in. And a microphone, those are often built in as well. 
you could actually join us with just a microphone, if you even if you did not have a webcam. But you're really ready to rock with a webcam and a microphone. And it's Thursday evening, every Thursday evening at 6.30 Pacific Time. That's 9.30 Eastern Time. And the location, the website is Zorap, Z like zebra, O-R-A, P like Paul, Zorap.com. Take your favorite browser to Zorap, Z-O-R-A-P, Zorap.com. Register at that site, and they'll give you a little software, a little browser plug-in. It's all very straightforward and automatic. You click on that, it'll install into your browser a plugin that'll allow you to join this video conference. You just need to do that one time. And then Thursday night at 6.30 or uh, 7.30 Mountain, 8.30 Central, 9.30 Eastern, go to zorap.com slash M better, right? Zorap, once you get the applet and you're ready to, the little plug-in, and you're ready to, you just do that once, you'll join us at zorap.com slash M better, B-E-N-N-E-R. And click the Here I Am button. It'll say Enter the Room. Uh, bring headsets. If you can plug in headsets, that's even better. If you don't have headsets, just keep your volume sort of low and join us. I think you'll like it. If you're interested in personal and spiritual development, I think you'll like the Thursday night video conference. Again, it's not too big, uh, really cool people, and we get to see each other and interact live. It's, uh, it's fun. All right, let's do our uh, uh, technique then, our spirit guide technique to go along with the dream programming and the glass of water whenever you need to solve the problem that that is I do not know what I want, right? Not only do I not know how to get there, there is no there there. I, <laughs> I have no target. I'm shooting at the broad side of the barn, all right? Close your eyes and relax. Get nice and comfortable. Take a slow, deep breath or two. And as you exhale, relax. And do that three or four times. A little slower each time. Muscles unwinding. Muscles relaxing. Feel the letting go as you become more and more relaxed. And then allow your breathing to find its natural rhythm. And let your body breathe itself. Place your attention gently on the bottom of your nose, on that ridge line of cartilage between the nostrils, or on the so-called tip of the nose, so that you could imagine yourself witnessing 
at the very point where breath enters and leaves the body, witnessing the in-breath and the out-breath. From a detached and mindful place. Slowing down the mind and calming your emotions. With a gentle fixed attention upon your breathing. as you become more and more relaxed. Feel yourself like butter on a warm day, just slowly softening. In fact, if you put your attention on the space around your ears, you can feel that area sag or droop and your whole scalp will relax. Do you feel it? And then imagine yourself in your mind's eye the feeling you're making it up is exactly right. Imagine yourself walking through a beautiful garden or a forest deep in nature, far from the nearest road, farther still from the nearest city. Whether high in a mountain or deep in a green valley, in nature, maybe warm, sunny meadows, or cool, shady places, Places, cool, cool, shady places or deep forested areas. And you can feel that. Feel the humidity and, and how it's just a little cooler in the shade. Or if you step into the direct sun, you feel its warmth, though allow it to be gentle and just right, not too hot. Let my voice come with you as you listen and hear the sound of birds singing and the wind in the trees. And you find a place to sit down right here because it just feels like the perfect spot, maybe a grassy spot beneath a shade tree or over here on the tree stump, or down here by this little lake or pond. And feel yourself connected to the earth, grounded and plugged in as if, like a tree or a bush, you are rooted into the earth. Imagine how that would feel to be as an electrical being, an energy being, a spiritual being, imagine how it feels to be grounded, rooted 
in Mother Earth. And imagine, as you look into the distance, you see coming over the hill, way off on the horizon, an individual. But they're so far, still so far away, that it's only as they slowly come closer and closer do you see this individual better and better and finally well enough to judge whether it's a man or a woman. And they're wrapped rather in a cape or a shawl, and so initially it may be difficult to tell, but as they get closer still, there's no longer a question whether this is a man or a woman. And as they come closer, you get a sense of, of how old they are partially by their gait, the way in which they walk, or the way they hold their body. You get a sense of the age, as well as the gender. And finally, as they approach you, and you signal with a simple hand gesture that they're welcome to come in and join you, you notice as they sit down before you, their face. And as you look at their face, and their hair, you notice several features that make them easy to recognize and easy to remember. The feeling that you're just pretending and making all of this up is exactly right. Although it's likely you're struck with how objective this person seems to be and how clearly they represent themselves in your mind's eye. And you say, this face, this face will be easy to remember and recognize. And I'd like you to ask this guide, this sage, for a single name that you can use to refer to them by. And then be quiet for a moment, as will I, and trust your first impression as they answer. So, to the spirit guide, what is your name and how shall I refer to you? And then double check, say, uh, do you, are you in fact someone that I can trust? Are you my spirit guide? And see what they say. And then say, how do I know that I can trust you? Some people say that all kinds of influences could persuade me especially in this level of mind. How do I know that I can trust you? Be patient with this.
in one way or another, you're getting a sense that you'll feel the truth, and that you should trust the feeling, as well as whatever idea comes into your head. If it doesn't feel right, then reject the idea, as if someone in the real world told you something to do, and you said, I don't think so, that's not a good idea. You have that same power here. And just as someone in the real world could say something that made sense to you and hit home and really resonated as truthful, you can do that same thing here. So you think for yourself. The guide is here not to tell you what to do, but to help you see choices you might have otherwise missed. Let's be sure you get this straight. I want you to imagine repeating that to the spirit guide. Say, with Michael's help, I'm, I'm of a mind to think for myself. And is it true that you're not going to tell me what's right and wrong? Just give me some choices and I'll continue to be in charge of deciding for myself what's right and wrong. Is that our relationship? Await for an answer. And so with this sense of personal responsibility to think for yourself, but to be open to possibilities and suggestions that seem to come from elsewhere, Present this spirit guide, man or woman, with your dilemma, with the problem or one particular problem from your current life and affairs that is of the type we've been talking about today. That is, I, I, I don't know the solution. I don't know the goal. Uh, I, I might already have it. I don't even and given the particular problem I have in mind, what would you suggest I consider doing, being, and having? Offer me a suggestion as to a goal, a target, or a desired outcome. Let's wait patiently. And ask a follow-up question and wait for a response. Anything that occurs to you, carry on this dialogue as if this were the smartest person in the world and eminently trustworthy. And then ask another question as part of this conversation back and forth. And listen, trusting, always trusting your very first impression.
You may even want to ask a very difficult general question to challenge your spirit guide, to see if indeed you're open to wisdom. A question for your guide like, how do I know the difference between wisdom and folly? Notice that, especially if you're new to this, the logical mind tries to jump in there like a teenager and offer answers. But if you resist the logical mind that attempts to reason and break things down and reassure yourself, just say, just hold on a minute here, just breathe and relax, And remember that the intuitive nature that we're accessing in this level of mind bubbles up. It's a matter of sitting open and receptive and waiting for the light to come in and reveal what's been here all along. It's a very different process. And so... Let's ask one more time, going back to the specifics of this particular problem. Ask for an action step. What could I do next to begin to move in this direction? If you allow the part of your mind that wants to blurt out the answer, the know-it-all part, if you allow that to just be quiet, your spirit guide will speak clearly, perhaps slowly, perhaps taking a few moments at first before it speaks. Know, too, that the spirit guide can also show you things and take you places. This is a face and a form for your own intuition, your higher self. Feel the light, the warmth of realization revelation, inspiration, intuition just bubbling up, thoughts arriving full-blown as if already realized. And let's finish the technique by asking your spirit guide for one bit of parting advice until I see you again. Tomorrow, maybe later today, certainly by the next day, until I see you again, do you have any 
words of wisdom in parting for me? Any final comment to help me solve this particular problem? Listen, watch, wait. And thank your guide. Be humble. And ask yourself what's appropriate. Do I fold my hands in front of me and say namaste? Do I put one hand over my heart as I say thank you? Do I shake hands? Do I salute? Do I hug and do whatever feels right as you express your appreciation and your gratitude, knowing that this sage, this wise man or woman, in this form, this face so easy to remember, will be here for you, waiting for you, in your place of perfect peace, anytime you wish to return here. Not to tell you what to do. Not to tell you right from wrong. But to help you see options, choices, alternatives, other ways you might have overlooked. To inspire you to help you realize what's right for you. Turn and imagine walking away, reorienting yourself to the sound of my voice, that is to say, remembering what you're going to see in a moment when you open your eyes, Remembering where you are and feeling the chair, the cushion that supports you. As you take now a nice, slow, deep breath, inhaling, fill your lungs, hold as you peak. And now as you exhale fully and completely, ah, feel the letting go and open your eyes wide awake and alert. Rested and refreshed, back in the room, feeling fine, feeling better than before, with a full memory of how to carry on that dialogue, that back-and-forth conversation with your own intuition, your own higher self, however he or she occurred to you. Practice this technique. And when you know the difference between the logic-reasoning mind which is readily accessible to you even in high-stress states. When you know the difference between that and the intuitive mind, which, which we ponder, which we access in these states of deep relaxation, receptive to this open, gentle awareness that bubbles up 
intuitively, inductively, if you will, with a coming of light, a realization, an aha, that's very different than logic. When, when you can sense both of those intelligences, you've made a big leap forward in personal and spiritual development. You're beginning to use both the conscious and the subconscious mind and be limited by neither. You you become the higher self that, as my business partner Steve Snyder and I say, you find in paradise. Finding yourself in paradise is the name of a premium audio series. If you like the free mystery school that we do here every Sunday, I think you're going to love the Finding Yourself in Paradise premium audio series. This is studio quality. It's available streaming and podcast. It's only 99 cents a program. Subscribe for less than $4 a month. Even months that have five weeks in them are only $3.96. So it's basically 99 cents a week. And um, you end up getting four free programs a year at that rate because there's actually 52 weeks, right? But you can get a free account there, too, and sample six programs absolutely free if you just opt in with a first name and an email address. Check it out. It's our premium audio site, focusedpassion.com. There's an ED in there. The W's dot focusedpassion.com. Just leave an email and a first name. Get the free account. Then when you log in with your password, there will be a built-in player. Use the login button. Don't keep filling the form out. Use the login button in the upper right. And your player will have six free programs in it. You can add to that collection one at a time for, again, 99 cents. These programs normally are audiobooks. They go, you know, for 15 or $20 for a 50-minute program. We're just asking 99 cents. And then if you can for less than four bucks a month, begin to build this collection of these wonderful premium audio programs, studio quality programs, instruction, compelling conversation between Steve and me, and every one of those programs that get in meditation too. You're also then part of the larger community, right? Uh, that's what supports this free mystery school, its podcast, and this live event the agelesswisdom.ning.com social net that we have. It's just like my website with the N-I-N-G, theagelesswisdom.com is my home site, theagelesswisdom.ning.com is our social community. And then there's the video conference that we talked about, Thursday nights at 6.30 Pacific, that's it. Zorap.com slash M better. Right? Check the newsletter for details on all of this. And if you're not getting the newsletter, that's easy. Again, go to theagelesswisdom.com and you see a great big old button that says free newsletter. Just leave your first name and email. That's all we need. Free newsletter. Okay? At theagelesswisdom.com. Those are our sister sites along with FocusedPassion.com with the premium audio programs. 
Hey, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for being with us today. Happy Memorial Day. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Happy some, some summertime. We'll be back. It'll be June. And uh, we'll finish up the six-part fly program, Feeling Like Yourself, with lesson number six, peak performance. We'll talk about sports psychology. We'll talk a little bit about pain control and healing, a little bit about accelerated learning, just an overview of peak performance so that you'll have, when we're finished next week, three lessons on emotional intelligence, two on mental problem-solving and decision-making, and one on peak performance, how to put it all together, all right? And that'll be the FLY program. Okay, well, again, thanks for being with us today. Hope you have a wonderful weekend and can join us next week and in the future. Tell your friends, forward the newsletters. You even got to send one to your friend Gadget at theagelesswisdom.com where you can easily forward these programs to people that you think are going to benefit from them, other like-minded people. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Bali.